Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Frazzled, but good. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to the frazzled in a oh, minute. Yeah. We are uh, we are coming from a special location yeah, this time we are. around. What room is this? Uh, it's some sort of collaborative learning space. In the uh, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. We're yeah. in the bowels of the of the library. Yeah. Uh, there's an in the basement. There's an entire white wall, which is ironically blue. Uh, but it's it's oh, telling yeah. me to dry erase dry on that. Dry erase wall. Yeah. Why didn't you call it a dry erase wall instead of a white wall? I've always called those whiteboards. Yeah. Have you not? I have, but yeah, this it's one not is white. white. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a little bit white. It's blue. I feel. Uh, do we have? Uh, are there dry erase in here? I, there have to be. Because uh, I feel the need to. We uh, need to. Oh, it's right there. Tag. I'm, I'm totally gonna. Yeah. Get a document. Or doc. Uh, anyway. But uh. Get a declench. Declench. <laughs> But uh, we are here for some work uh, for our graduate certificate program. Uh, hopefully, maybe some point along the way, we can interview some of our friends. Might just do this. For oh, that'd be all right. Yeah. That's lovely. It's casual, casual podcast. <laughs> I just have to watch my peas. Yeah. Uh, but so you mentioned in a previous podcast as we were ranking the months. Yes. That you enjoyed back to school season. I do. I would like you to drill in on what you like about it and if possible... Do you have a favorite, like, first day of school? Does one stand out in your memory? Uh, <clears throat> favorite back-to-school experience? Well, I really liked, well, um, I grew up in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so in the middle of first grade, I moved to Iowa. Just to clarify what that meant. In the middle of first grade, I moved into Iowa. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, December of 1986, I was just turned seven. Um, and I lived there until right after eighth grade. We moved June 14th, 1994, flag day. Huh. Um, and so the bulk of my kind of all of my elementary experience and middle school experience was in this one place. Uh, I bring that up just because because we were in Iowa. I lived about a mile outside of town. It's a very rural community, um, but the county seat, so like a big Right. Uh, we had like 8,000 people. Somewhere. I was going to say, big town or big Iowa town? A big Iowa town. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, uh, yeah, I mean, probably 8,000, maybe a little more than that, but I mean, enough that, and everybody's kind of clustered on a bunch of farms. Like, So most of the people either live on a farm, about half the kids probably lived on a farm. Yeah. Um, and, and all of them had grandparents who were farmers and stuff like that. But it was a relatively larger town that had some culture and stuff like that. Um, but it was because of that, because we lived on a farm, like you kind of see people in the summer, but not really. And we didn't like, I would go into the pool like maybe two or three times a, a summer. Yeah. Like, um, so most of our experience during the summer, I just didn't see anyone. Like I would see a friend like maybe two or three times during the summer, but it was just kind of like playing on the, on the farm during the summer. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to school, all of a sudden it's this flood of seeing everybody. And the school, we had like 170 kids in my grade, so it was like a big amount, but I still kind of knew most everybody. Um, so just this, from a social standpoint, especially as an elementary school kid, like when you can't drive or anything, like just that influx of, oh yes, community, it's yeah. all back. That was super exciting. I still, from a sensory standpoint, I love the freshness of a new traffic keeper. Yes. Yes. It was so great. I, what what was the design of your Trapper Keeper? Do you remember? I would get different ones every time, and they were usually abstract shapes. Um, yes. And then I got real big on I don't think I had a Trapper Keeper had this, but I had uh, lots of folders that were fractals. Do you remember that? No. So fractals are, um, it's a mathematical thing, um, but they, uh, I don't know very much about it. I'm, I'm really kind of over my head as soon as this next sentence comes. Yeah, here, this uh, is it. This yeah, is yeah, the this extent is of the yeah, knowledge they, base. I know that they're related mathematically to like chaos theory. Oh, um, okay. But they, they are at the, there was a time in like the early 90s when all of a sudden you could plot out fractals. Uh, like you could map this kind of improbable equations that could give you these shapes that repeated and stuff and went indefinitely. My friend who knew about math was like, fractals are cool. And then I was like, I, yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I, st I still have some of those folders, but they, they end up looking like um, almost like crop circles, but like math wise. And so they would have them in like hyper color, like really day glow colors. And so like lots of like splotches of 
uh, circles and stuff that repeated. It's hard to really explain, but just look up fractals online. Yeah. They um, kind of had a feel to those like magic eye posters. Yes. Like they had that kind of palette kind of look to them. Like very much a computer from 1992 has generated this image but it has an artisticness to it, but it also kind of looks like an ink blot yeah. or something. Like it was just this weird design. So I was so all in on the fractals. You were a replace the trapper keeper every year kind of guy? Oh yeah. 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 I wish I could have been a replace the backpack every year, but we, yeah. we weren't made out of money. Well, I just had to see, that's funny. I, with my Jansport. I went the other way. I had a, a new backpack just about every year, mm. uh, but I kept the same trapper keeper the whole way through. I did. I probably ended up keeping my trapper keeper, um, it would probably get me a year or two. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I got older, I think I got one of those like mead five stars. Yes. Ones that isn't a proper trapper keeper in. Then that one, I think, lasted me through. Those are pretty well bomb proof. The five yeah, stars. Yeah, I still stuff. have that one somewhere. Yeah. I still have all this stuff. That's the weird thing. Like, I'm halfway between I, the, the line between collector and hoarder <laughs> is simply, your, your simply organization. That's yeah. all it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it, uh, a collector is an organized hoarder, and a hoarder is a disorganized collector. Yes. And I, um, I have realized in the moves that we've had as an adult that all this stuff that I've accumulated, like once your parents kind of say, this stuff is yours now, mm-hmm. and they kind of dump things on you. Yeah. Uh, which kind of happens to varying degrees. A lot of times parents will hang on. My mom still has a bunch of my stuff, but uh, as she moved, um, there was a lot of stuff that, that uh, she moved probably 10 years ago. Um, from the house that she had been in when I was in high school, and when we moved from Iowa, actually a whole bunch of like the a lot of the like He-Man and GI Joes and stuff that I had when I was a kid, like were gone. They so, didn't make it. Uh, I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but the the thing that I lost that still hurts the most was in uh, in 1986 for my birthday, I got the Batmobile. Oh, uh, from which it one? Was, it was the Super Friends era, oh. it was, but it was like the Super Friends that was on in the mid '80s. So whatever that is, but it's the Batmobile, and it was the best. It's my favorite design of the Batmobile. Yeah. So it's a 1980s Batmobile where it's got kind of a rectangular shape to it, uh-huh. and and the, the open the cockpit. Front of it, what's that? Open cockpit, like. I think yeah, it's an open cockpit. Um, the front of it almost the the lights kind of look like eyes. Yeah. It's like a like a darker blue with like black on the sides. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it was and the He Man the 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 Super Friends toys that came out right then were like this like probably four inches big like mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than a GI Joe, and they all had some kind of action like if you squeeze their legs together like they would punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were fantastic. And they had like cloth capes uh-huh. with the little plastic thing that went around their neck. Was that the same series that Superman came with a kryptonite ring? I think so. And it was magnet. It was reverse magnetized. Oh, so maybe. if you put the kryptonite ring on and then moved it close to oh, Superman, he would, like, he would fall over. Away. Yeah. yeah. I still have the Superman and the Batman from that series, like oh, in a box. So great. Uh, but anyway, I had the Batmobile and it was great. And I got, so my birthday is November 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, log Fox that Day. away. Remember, yeah. remember. Yeah. It's coming up, guys. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so I we moved December 6th. Mm-hmm. I had gotten this. Batmobile for my birthday. Oh no! And as stuff it's got one month old, yeah, as stuff got like yard sailed as we left, that somehow got put in the giveaway pile, and I had it for so all of like three weeks. That's the worst. And it was worst. like as we drove from we were in Abington, PA, near Philadelphia, to Iowa, which I thought was in Africa at that point because I was an idiot. Because uh, <laughs> I'd never heard of it before. It's like, right. Iowa, it must be in Africa. Everything I don't know is yeah, in Africa. Yeah, that's over in Africa. If you're a kid who grows up around a lot of missionaries, like I, I experienced through the, we went to the New Wilmington Mission Conference, which is another thing we talk about a lot. Yeah. Uh, I went to that a lot <laughs> that as a kid. That might be worth a saltine. It's almost worth a saltine. Yeah, that may be worth like an oatmeal cream pie or something like that. Because <laughs> that's the bonus. Um, but uh, I experienced a lot of people who kind of were talking about how they were in Africa. So I just, I think at that point I was just old enough to not quite know geography and just assumed, oh, we must be going because we were going to a place that nobody was there. And I thought, oh, I guess we're becoming missionaries. Yeah. And it was just improperly <laughs> it's explained to me yeah. that I just thought it was in Africa. So when I realized we were going to drive there, I thought, wait a minute, I am smart enough to know that you can't drive to Africa. Something's so we showed askew. up in Iowa yeah. and I was very confused. Yeah. I had just been in kindergarten at this time, guys. Just yeah, with a little bit of grace I for was Tyler a month here. Into yeah. first grade. <laughs> 
and three weeks removed of, yeah, your, so of your Batmobile. That was yeah, exactly. And and uh, yeah, that was a little a little tangent. But getting back to uh, school, yeah, just being being around friends, fresh supplies. I just love fresh supplies. Yeah. And I've always been someone. As I mean, we're here at the seminary right now because we are we have class later today. Yeah. Um, and we don't have our normal kind of recording schedule, so we're kind of squeezing this in. Um, and I have always, and still do, love learning stuff. Yes. And I can't uh, stop being in school. I have, I have, uh, <laughs> I realized, I, so I've got the 12 years of high school, four years of college, three years of seminary, and then five years of doing my doctorate. Yeah. And now I'm still back at school. So I am very well educated. <laughs> and I, I didn't mean that in it. I was going to say. I'm very well educated. But I am, in, I am very well I'm making well schooled. a picture of yeah. you. I am uh, for school. Instagram Certainly. with a caption, I am well educated. I am well educated. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like the most youth groupy picture of you yep, two, yep. like pie all over your face. I am very well education. In front of me like a lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> we're I'm making, trying to get as we're making as possible. best do with the uh, Jason has set this up in a way that's very, very conducive. To, like he's, he's really gone out of his way. Brought all the equipment. So, uh, yeah, it, it, like new friend. I mean, return of friends. Um, and it was uh, moving into a kind of smaller um, uh, community. Mm-hmm. I was the new kid. So every year at the start of school, I was less the new kid. So that was nice. Too. Yeah. Because uh, I moved in in the middle of the year. So kind of my first year or second grade, I'm, I'm less the new kid now. There were really very few. There was maybe one new kid that moved in every year. But I got a little more um, apart from not having family there. That was kind of the one thing. Everybody had family there. Yeah. Except for me. All my family was in Pennsylvania. Um, I like meeting new teachers. I, li- I just liked school. I mean, I really, it took about a month before I was like, eh, I don't like this that much. But it was like, <laughs> which is kind of how I am with summer too. I get really excited about summer and then you get to July and I'm like, oh, uh, no, yeah. no, thank you. I'm done. I'm fine. I'm fine going back to anything else. Yeah. How about you? I, uh, I my favorite back to school was, I is relevant to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, you're wearing a new pair of specs. Oh yeah, a pair of glasses. Yes. And I have been a lifelong glasses person uh, from the dawn of time. I wasn't until seventh grade. For how bad oh. my eyes are, I didn't need glasses. I think I had it second or third grade. Like it was. Yeah, that's how from, my son is. From the beginning, um, so it was just always kind of a part of me. It was nerdy. It was you know, uh, the the kind of the worst. Before I forget, sorry to interrupt. Today's yeah. my son's birthday. Hey, happy birthday! Yeah, X. He, he turns ten. Yeah, X. Yeah. It's X day in every way. He was so excited because he's like, hey, it's my X birthday. Yeah, that's because great. it's Roman numeral for 10. He's the iPhone X. I'm very well educated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's all. It's exciting. This show is and fun my, and my educational. Episode. So Jedi turns seven two days from now. Okay. Yeah, that's right. They have the back-to-back. Yeah. yeah. So, so, it's, so it's exciting. Okay, sorry. So, sorry to interrupt. So glasses, nerd, always, always a part of it. But then the summer of my junior year, I finally got contacts. So when I came back to school, and I should say, just to really ice the nerd cupcake I'm making here, when I came back to band camp, it was the first time that I had worn contacts yeah. ever, yeah. and people legit didn't recognize nice. me. In a good way? Yeah, like, you who were, is this guy? Oh. Did, did it make your confidence feel good? And you're like, yeah. Here's what it did, Tyler. It affirmed for me that I am Superman. Oh, that nice. all I need- You could have gotten away with it. I really could have. Oh. That the glasses are enough that people are like, who's that guy? I could have done it. Yes. I totally could have done it. But I always like that. The new school year is yeah, an opportunity for reinvention. New looks, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can, even if it's a subtle one. Right. Like, a new, I'm going to try out this new haircut. I'm going to try out this new style. Yeah. And some of it you shouldn't do. Uh, I, I shudder yeah. to look at my senior picture because it, huh. it was an experiment gone horribly awry. <laughs> uh, we'll post that on Instagram if I can unearth it oh, from man. my yearbook. Um, I want you to find it. Uh, Sarah has one. it. There was one year where I had real bad acne. Mm. Like, and it was uh, one year in that I only remember it for one year because then I got like medication for it. Yeah. And uh, then it kind of went away. Like it went away, it went down to normal levels of high school acne. Yeah, right. It was just my standard issue. Year. And it's like one of those pictures where I didn't, and it went away. Like we treated it, it just like exploded. 
And then my mom's like, we're going to the doctor. And we went to the doctor and they gave me this medicine that fixed it right away. Yeah. Like kind of what you hope so every doctor experience would be like. And they never are. Literally, it was just around for it your was picture. just for my picture. And <laughs> so I got my picture back. I was like, whoa, I totally forgot about that. I did not know that I had broken out. Oh, no. Yeah. That's going to everybody. It is. <laughs> but, but it was also, I mean, it goes in the yearbook and it was like ninth grade. So, yeah. And our ninth grade actually was still... It was eighth grade. Anyway, it was still in the middle school, and yeah. the middle school yearbook was all black and white. So it wasn't. You're okay. It was yeah. really the color when you see the redness of the face. It was like wowzers. So if I can find that, I'll I'll throw that in there. Wow. My senior pictures are pretty cool. Oh, mine's not. Yeah. Oh. The only thing that's bad about my senior pictures is that I thought they were really cool, and yeah. so though I have this smirky look at how cool these pictures are. I taking them. I had to have thought that mine were really cool because I, I did every them. Every senior thinks their yeah. senior pictures are super. Cool. And then I'm looking back on it now, going, "Oof." Yeah. Was... All of mine. The one that is cool, if I can find it, um, I went and got the senior pictures at the normal place, like the, that senior picture town, and. Um, <laughs> And did all the normal senior picture things, stood by a giant 98, came through an archway, stood yeah. like with my hand on my chin. Uh, but then oh, looking yeah. at the studio, it was like this big kind of warehouse room. And there were three corners that were set up in different kind of like, this is the arch, this is the railroad, or this is like the standard yeah. settings that you have for this stuff. And then in the corner, in the fourth corner, <laughs> all the props were sitting there. Yeah. With this giant throne. For like yeah, pictures and stuff. I'll and be I, taking that, yeah. please. And yeah, I said, I said, I please take my picture there. And the guy's like, but that's not where we. T-. I was like, I, you heard no, me. Please, I will be sitting there. <laughs> and so I'm sitting. That's the best picture that my mom wouldn't use for like. So we have we got the proof of it. Yeah. But my, I was like, uh, let's print off these ones. And she's like, oh no, you don't want that one. Yes, then, I do. Yeah, and it was much later. She, I kind of reminded her. You should have gotten this one. She's like, "Oh, I totally would have. I thought you were joking when you said you wanted that." I was like, no. "Mom, no, I've never been more serious about anything." Yeah, for eighteen years. <laughs> so if I can find that one, that's the one. That one's really great. But it, the only, the thing that really makes it bad is that you can see how, in the moment, I know this is a great picture. So I, I am overconfident. Shocker. Yeah, Tyler Domsky <laughs> exuding overconfidence <laughs> in his senior picture. Oh man. Well, on this first day of school for us, yeah, I'm Jay. It is first day of school. Yeah. I'm Tyler. And this is Roughing, Roughing the Pastor. that I had to like go into my memory bank because like yes Jason wears glasses yeah being a person who wears glasses maybe you can uh, relate to this I just assume that everybody wears glasses yeah a person who wears glasses and contacts it more, is more ubiquitous yeah now. and I just I because I one I can't imagine what it's like to wake up and be able to see yeah and I also just I know like my wife also wears contacts like that so I just assume everybody wears glasses so here are everybody a couple everybody has contacts here are a couple of Jay's thoughts on eyewear and, I think and, it's like 40 percent yeah don't need it which oh, is a lot. It's a lot, yeah. but it it's, feels... But I still can't imagine what it's like. Uh, so a couple thoughts. First of all, the waking up, not being able to see. Yeah. I have a pair of completely clear glasses. The frames are plastic yes, clear. Yes, I, I remember those. Don't get those. Okay. Because <laughs> if you are in bed and you, uh, in your sleep, swing your arms wildly, which apparently I do on the regular... Yeah. And knock your clear glasses onto you'll the floor. You'll never ever find them. You'll never ever find it's them like again. It's like Wonder Woman's jet. Yeah, it's yeah. just gone. It's just gone. You'll find uh, them when you step on them, Ralphie style. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I have two pairs. Uh, I have a, a dark pair like you're wearing now, and I have a, a the clear pair. And there, it's it it's like a house cat that just disappears for yeah. a while. Yeah. The clear glasses will just be gone for long periods oh, yeah. of time. So don't do that. Uh, the other thing, and this is not a paid advertisement. That's what all the hip people say on these podcasts. Yeah. But my contact game changed when I found Hubble.com. Ooh. My contacts, I wear the daily disposable. Okay. Uh, and it used to be, for a month's supply, something like $90 yeah. uh, for the contacts. Hubble is 30 bucks 
Ooh. every two months. Ooh. And, I, and you wear them every day? And I wear them every day. Out? Every day. My Once goodness. a day, and they're gone. I might have to look into that. I get the... Uh, I think you're supposed to wear them for a week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe two. I wear them for a month. So. Yeah, yeah. I and even them. these, yeah, yeah. the dailies, you can you can reuse okay. in a pinch. Like, yeah. I've, I've, I've definitely done that. Yeah. I wear them until they start to not feel good. You can, I mean, they kind of tell you. I know it's not good for your eyes. I know you can get some kind of eye fungus or something yeah. like that. But I, one, I don't wear them every single day. Because I, I, even now, I still probably wear glasses at least two days a week. Sometimes it's four days a week. Yeah. Uh, I kind of go back and forth, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of average it out. It's like, well, I haven't worn them every single day. So you can wear them until you, when your eyes kind of get sore right after an hour of putting them in. You're like, yep, time to change these ones. Yeah. I had a little while ago, this is not at all on topic, but I had a little while ago a sty, which I had no idea what that yeah. was all about. Yeah, that's the worst. Um, it's gross. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. And it just hurts. Um, so I got on Google and tried to self-diagnose what was going on before Honestly. I knew what it was. And they tell you either you have a headache or you have cancer. Right. Well, the yep. words they paired together that I would never like to see paired together again was ocular herkey, herpes. Ooh, ocular herpes. <laughs> ocular herpes. herpes. And I was like, I'm out. If that's what I have, I'm just going to die. Like yep. uh, it would be easier than than dealing with ocular herpes. Oh, so bad. Anyway, uh, when we have uh, we we've we've fallen into a bit of a routine. I'm just stuck holding this. Uh, with the podcast. Yeah. And it it is this and it's it's telling of our two different personalities. Uh, it let's say like today we planned last night, <laughs> which is about as far in advance yep. as we ever plan. Uh, we were going to meet here at the seminary at 9:30. Uh, and true to form, I was here at 9.20. Where are you? Yep. Oh, because you, you texted and said you were going to be I late. got lucky. I got oh, real lucky. It's like I was ready, and then you texted, because I was going to come here and finish. Right. And then you texted and said you are going to be late. I was like, good. I'll just finish here. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is at once a week, and this was, this week was special because it's a oh, different yeah. location and yeah, things yeah. were weird with papers and stuff like that. But on a normal week in studio north or south, there will be the text from Tyler I'm about 10 minutes late. Yeah. To the point that we don't even need to say that anymore. You oh, just say the yeah. Tyler will be 10 minutes late. Yeah. So I'm always early. Yeah. At, at, to a fault. I have my middle school band teacher to, to blame for that. Yeah. He beat it into me. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a theology uh, or, well, there's a, a habit of Tyler being late. So you suggested for today. Oh, certainly. The theology of being late. Yeah. Which is super funny because we are supposed to check in for our class at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And it's 11.16. But it's check-in for <laughs> lunch, right? Yeah. 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 Well, we're fine. Yeah. But but all to say, we are, uh, all that is to say, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were late doing this, and so we will be late to another thing Yeah, late soon. to lunch, late yeah. for dinner. Uh, it's just going to back the whole day up. Yeah, it really will. Yeah. So I... Um, so tell me about the theology of being late. Yeah, so I... Th- here's the thing. I hadn't I hadn't picked up on you always being early, but I mm-hmm. guess if I'm never on time, then I'll never know. Um, the I hate being late. Mm. I hate it. Yeah, and I am consistently late, <laughs> but by like five minutes, five to ten minutes. Like it's not I'm not late by an hour, half an hour right. usually. Like it's it's a pretty solid. And and to be clear, there yeah. are those people in the world. Yeah, and they are the worst. And yeah. that's not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I yeah. I am still. Uh, I don't know how you could say I, I'm not on time, but you're I'm in the still, margin I'm, of error. I'm right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you can like like you kind of alluded to in the intro or, or in the intro to this topic. I'm consistent. Yeah, <laughs> I'm consistently five to ten. It's a, it's a weekly yeah. ritual. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, part of it is the commute. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a drive that does have a little bit of variance in it, but oh, not man. much. But it's one that I always forget. Like, oh, this is five minutes longer than I thought. Yeah, and but. Even so, there's something in the brain that just kind of will push it. Like I will think, and it gets to the point where I feel like being early. I wouldn't like I don't or I don't consciously think this, but it's right. almost as though being early is worse than being right on time. There are w- very much ways that that's true. Yeah, as somebody who's and habitually I don't, and I, early, I, I wouldn't stand up for that argument. But that's how I tend to operate. Because yeah. I'll look at I'll like set an alarm for like 20 minutes before I should leave, before the last minute I should leave. Right. And I'll think, I should leave right now. And I think, well, but then I'll be there. Like I don't really put any thought into it, but I just, my brain starts to say, but you don't want to be early. Right. Because what would you do? 
Yeah. And uh, being early means you're on time. Like that's what that's what it means. <laughs> uh, and uh, so then I will like get the like I'll be like oh I've got ten more minutes I can work so I'll start I'll throw in some extra work and that ten minutes of work ends up being fourteen minutes of work because it's like the packing up that you don't factor in it's the getting in the car it's doing like yeah. all the little transitional moments that you don't really factor add into that and then suddenly instead of being twenty minutes early I have left two minutes after when I the latest I could have left. Right. And then you add in parking the car, walking into things. Like it's all, all that little aggregate time uh, ends up being a consistent, oh, I have put it off until three minutes after my latest time. Yeah. And then I also haven't factored in the fact that it's not when I pull in the parking lot, it's walking into all that stuff. Well, and this is, this is funny to me because I think we're actually both doing the same thing just on different sides of the clock. Yeah. Because there's, there, again, there's a type of person that is late because they sleep through their alarm or they forget that they had the yeah, meeting I, or something. I'm not like. that person. This is not that. Um, but you are, uh, uh, as you just said, typically late because you're trying to squeeze more yeah. out of before leaving. Well, I am typically early to stuff so that I can work a bit before something else. So like yeah. coming here, to the seminary is yeah. easy because there's a million computer labs and spots I can like read or so you have the same principle you just do them in a different order right it's order of operations it's it's still both approaches are trying to cram as much into the time yeah. allotted yeah. as possible it's and just on different sides other. of the clock I think especially when there's a situation like this where I could have done work here sometimes it's you're leaving to a place where you can't do work there. right it's, it's like my but my must get done everything I can again I want to reiterate I hate being late mm-hmm. and you may if you're someone who is really punctual with stuff you the the obvious reaction to that is if you hated being late that much you wouldn't be late right and that's not the case right <laughs> we are broken depraved people we are constantly doing things we don't watch I, I really don't I my family was late all the time I mean it's a learned behavior my yeah. my I was always picked up late from things not not like half an hour after the point, but right. I was like one of the last two kids picked up from basketball <laughs> practice or uh, football games or like. There's whatever. always one, and it's always the same yep. eighth group kid. It's always me. Yeah, yeah. It's all- <laughs> and I was never. Yeah, I, I, uh, I never had that experience with youth group because my parents were the youth group leaders. So, right. like, uh, and Just part of that was home. that they were all like, so they got used to. Uh, we would leave an event half an hour after it was done because they had to wait for kids and we would just kind of put stuff away yeah. and clean up. So I think they had a similar approach to, hey, the concert's going to be done at 8, so we'll be there like 8.20 to pick you up. <laughs> and, uh, it's like really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but it also, I mean, part of then I saw that um, as you're getting ready, kind of that lack of urgency uh, and, and continuing to put stuff off. Again, not because you're just sitting around, but right. because you are – it's a lack of urgency on this task and an increased urgency in the couple things that you can maybe squeeze into that time. Right. Um, and again, the reason why I brought up the Enneagram is that I was hearing about someone, like there's a kind of person who, um, oh, what was this from? It was from something recently. I'm sorry if we already talked about it, but saying that you are constantly trying to squeeze a 15 minute task into 10 minutes. Yeah. And you know, like, I know that I have 10 minutes to get there. It's going to take me 10 minutes. So I'm going to do something that takes 15 minutes. And then I now am five minutes late already for leaving for my thing that's 10 minutes away. It's just a compulsive something about it that is really trying to squeeze everything. And there's, again, as Jay was saying, there's so many different ways that people are late. Some people are late because they're just completely not thinking about stuff. Some people are late because they actively don't care. Some people are late on purpose because they like kind of as Pink does. Uh. Uh, she's coming up, so you better get the party started. Yes. Uh, because <laughs> she's going to walk in and the party better be going. Yeah. Like that kind of uh, the attitude. I was, fashionably late. Yeah, fashionably yeah, late. Fashionably that you don't late. want to be there early to And, I mean, there are things like oh. that. You definitely don't want to be there early to a party unless you're helping to set up. Let me tell you something. I, that's where being somebody who is compulsively early. Yeah really bite you all the time yeah. i am constantly the first one at a party yeah which is horrible for me because i'm an introverted nine yeah i don't want to make oh, small talk yeah and you have to make small talk with everyone who comes in too. yeah you're, you're like unofficial greeter at that it's point it's terrible and watching it slowly like like what's my maximum people that i want here probably 20 yeah and there's only two and yeah. slowly it's going to be here and it's going to go from 20 to 30 like i'm going to have that that sweet spot of people here only for about 30 seconds oh uh terrible 
Terrible. If I could learn to let myself be late in that moment, I'd be in world's better shape. Yeah, yeah. So that, um, the, it's not just people who are on time and people who are late. It's kind of that sense of why are you late? Yeah. And the sense of trying to squeeze everything into all of the moments is overwhelming. I heard a, a, I think it was on a podcast. So there's this big move in like the creator world, like the YouTuber yeah. world, the hustle life. Yep, yep. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Work as hard as you can. Work 14, 15 hour days. Yeah. yeah. Go crazy. And um, one of those guys was getting interviewed on a podcast and he, he said, I, I live the hustle life. I wouldn't wish it on my kids, but that's what I do. Yeah. And I went, stop and listen to yourself talk for a second. Like if this is something you wouldn't wish yeah, on you your kids. you don't have to do it yourself. Yeah. Why does, why does it have to be that way? Yeah. And it's, again, I'm in that, I do that too with the being early of like, well, if I get there early, I could do this and this and this and that. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is it that we have this compulsive need to fill every second yeah. with something? And that's really is it. And then even like going home, it's like, I have all these tasks I can do. Yeah. I have, and even like, oh, let's watch a thing. Well, we've got, which of these nine things that we have like in our mental queue are we going to fill up our time with? Yeah. And then... Uh, like I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts or listening to a book on tape or listen to music like that, uh, which, oh, why? Side note, uh, we, so the, the mixtape, Theology mixtape just oh. came out last week. Uh, and uh, Dr. our webmaster, Jones. Rachel Jones, Dr. PhD, uh, came out with a, a mix that is, oh, it's, it's on fire. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Especially, so good. Especially, I don't want to give too much away, a spoiler alert, um, <laughs> the ending hit me I haven't just to the right. end yet. I just got to side two. I was listening as I was working on the paper for this class, which I hate, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I was, that was the background music for, and, and like it was there and it was yeah. in the background. And I was kind of yeah, listening yeah. to it. The way that ends caught me just oh, right. Like man. I actually so put well the paper done. away. Well, well done. Yeah. Good and faithful servant. You, <laughs> you have Very done. well done. Uh, it's, and and the, the fact that she articulated this is side nine songs for side one, nine yep. songs for side two. You can feel it. Yeah, I, like I just got so there's a, a they might be giant song stunner yeah. uh, for, for the end of uh, side one, and I was like, this sounds like it should be the song ender. And then I I looked back and I was like, yes, it's this is the end of the side. side. She's done it well. And then the song number ten is a perfect side two start up. Like, yeah, oh, it's so good. Very so I'm well only done. I'm only at the beginning of side two, but but well done, everybody else. Please, I was gonna say reminder. Yeah, check out that mix. Um, and and please give us mixes because this is awesome. I it's love it so much fun. And uh, we're gonna talk later. I mean, in a couple of weeks about my birthday's coming up, and I always do uh, a mix thing for my birthday. But we'll yeah. save that for another time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll invite all of you to, to give me some songs. That's good uh, fun. And it's forty, so huzzah! I have a I have a I have an inkling as to what Jay might give me Ooh. based on what year it is, <laughs> and based on what I know about Jay. <laughs> I'm probably just gonna put it in the playlist right now. Uh, okay. Bum, uh, bum, 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 yep. Bum. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I can't remember what I was talking about. Well, oh, let me take over from there. So I'm driving here listening to podcast. Like that part of it is uh, um, a our and our and our lifestyle, our culture kind of feeds into this this desire to have no idle time. Yes, that uh, lacking in idleness means that you fill up every possible thing. And and we have technology, we have resources around us now that let us fill our idleness all the time with things that at least on the surface seem appropriate for those spaces. Right. Like listening to stuff while you're in the car sounds reasonable. Right. Like listening stuff while you're doing the dishes. So I uh, don't have a whole lot of silence because not because I can't handle silence, but because I want to maximize like, Hey, I'm doing the dishes. I might as well also learn something. Yeah. And so I'll throw on NPR or throw on a podcast or listen to some music. And um, that sense of, filling up your life on one level there's some real positives to it right like i i can maximize the amount of stuff i'm able to do um i can um read books by listening to them i mean which i know i mean yeah it's not reading but it's the same thing yeah uh i, I don't want to get into that debate right now but uh like yeah that's a hard thing of like my librarian what? wife says it's good okay you're good. fine yeah. you're, you're when on i board. finish audiobooks i said i read that book yes and maybe the verbiage isn't right, but I it's the I've concept the information. Is. Yeah, the concept is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and spirit I did of the law, not letter to it of the all. Law. I didn't just like have it on and then leave the room. Like, yeah. it's not, uh, and I read it as clearly as I would have had I read the book. I know my brain is doing different things right. with it, but 
that's neither here nor there. So there, there are some real positives to doing that, but it also is, and we talked about this before, there's some real negatives to ha not having any space. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how when you fill up, the, when you're not bored, it's not good for your brain. Right. Like your brain needs not just sleep, but it also needs time to kind of process. Yeah. Think it if you think of your brain like a computer, even the best of our computers now will really kind of get angry at you when you try to do everything all at once. Your, yeah. your phone will run slower. Your computer will sometimes even freeze, but it will definitely take longer if you're trying to load a bunch of websites and have all these programs running yeah. at once and do all this stuff. There's only so much RAM. Yeah, you know? exactly. And your brains are the same way. Yeah. They only have so much stuff that they can handle. And if you don't stop to let it process some stuff, it's really going to catch up to you. And you get this mental fatigue that's way stronger than and, like actual tiredness. And it takes so long to rub it off. So like being at the seminary brings back PTSD for me, but it took me 10 years to get through seminary. I too am a very well-educated man. Yeah. Um, it took me 10 years yeah, to get through. We probably the same amount of schooling in yeah. terms of years. I was just doing you know, a third the work of you. But I was working full time. I was going to seminary. Like it was busy. It was always, it was a whole season of just constantly going, 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 going. And then somewhere towards the end of that, the twins were born. So it's even more go, 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 go. And uh, I had an incredible blessing. Every, uh, there's this concept in both academics and in pastor world, the sabbatical, um, that every seven years you're supposed to take three months off or Did something you get like one? that. You took a sabbatical. So Westminster was absurd and gave sabbaticals to me and Ed, who are youth workers. Yeah. Don't usually get sabbaticals yeah, Non-ordained youth workers at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not a thing. So I graduated seminary, baptized the boys, and then went on three months of sabbatical. Oh, man. And it wasn't until about four weeks in, I think, that my brain would let me get used to Yeah. I don't have to work right now. Yeah. That's because huge. I was so used to, I got to go to this class or I got to write this paper. Or I got to do this thing for yeah. work. Or I got to make this sermon. Or I got to do this worship leader thing. I got it. Oh man. That I, it, it was like slamming on the brakes after going 90 miles an hour all at once. Yeah. And my brain would not accept it. Like it was it's just crazy how much that, um, like that, if you'd just taken two weeks off, that seems like a lot of time. Yeah. That wouldn't have been enough. No. That was um, no. I, I would I would never have gotten to the yeah chilled out spot that I got to yeah. Um, well, I I had a similar uh, mild experience. I've never actually been. Uh, you have to be at a place for six years, seven years before mm -hmm. you get a sabbatical. Yeah. And I've had this is my third call. So what that means is like your third job as as a pastor. Right. And the first one was for four years. The second one was for just shy of four years. And this one's been three and a half years. So I've never been. At a place that seems to be a trend that scares me every once in a while. The four year trend, I'm not on in the show, not leaving my church. Yeah. I really, if you it. are listening yeah, from yeah, Wexford yeah. community, please <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. have good. no fear. We're good. We're good. Uh, but even though I've been a pastor now, uh, coming close to 12 years, I've never had a sabbatical, right? And I'm still three years away from any reasonable kind of sabbatical. It's written into the terms of call, right? Like that, it's kind of standard for every pastor, you have to give them sabbatical, which means that you get paid leave for three months yeah. um, to go do something. Uh, it doesn't have to be it for the church, but oftentimes it's like uh, do a study or do a thing. It's right. not just vacation, but, right. but it's, it's still, <laughs> it's not you have to work on stuff for the church. It's work on things other than. Um, but in between those calls, I did have someone say to me smartly, you should take time between them because mm -hmm. the normal thing is, I'll take like a week so I can move from one place to the next, but then I want to get started. And the church that's that you're coming to really wants you to start. Yeah, like now. So they're ready because they're excited about you. Right. And the church that's leaving would like you to, they, they often want to get kind of the most they can out of it. Yeah. And so someone very wisely said, you, you should take a month hmm. in between the two. And I thought that's insane. Yeah. And so I took um, three weeks instead or two weeks. And uh, maybe it's three. Anyway. Um, it was more than I was going to take by a lot. And what I ended up doing, oh yeah, because I took, uh, I had vacation left over. I had two weeks of vacation left over. So I just said, uh, I let those two weeks of vacation. So I was never without a paycheck, but it was right. like these two weeks and then right into it. Um, and it took a week solid for me to emotionally let go yeah. of all the stuff that I had to do. Just, just kind of similar to you, like all the... Not just, oh, it's sad to leave this, but to think that's not my problem anymore. I don't need to worry about this part. I yeah. can, 
all of the things that you kind of the the running checklist that you have in ministry of like I need to be aware of these things um, whether they're present or not like I need to be mindful of how this is going to fit in with this ministry stuff like that just being able to let go of them took a solid week yeah and then I had a week of being excited about the new church and to do it in a free way and if I tried to do those two things overlapping it would have, uh, I, I, I would have had a hard time. Yeah, person, multiple personality disorder yeah. problem. And yeah. I even, like, I, I started earlier than I wanted to because I had, it was Easter. Like, they were coming up on Easter. So yeah. I, I started on Palm Sunday. Uh, and then I took, I think, a week after Easter um, just to kind of get the last little bit of that. But just having that time, it's crazy. It's uh, That's one place I think the Methodist appointment system. Yeah. That may be the only place they have a leg up on us. Yeah. So Methodist, so Presbyterians, it's kind of like open job hunting. It's like a normal job. Almost. Right. Uh, you know, somebody posts a job, everybody applies, they pick the best candidate. Um, it's a, there's a system that's a little more complicated than yeah. just that. But that's but a, that essentially that's at the end is, of the day. Yeah. Uh, the Methodists, the And you're bishop, hired by the church. Right. Um, right. Like you, the Presbyterian has to accept you because you become part of the Presbytery, which is like a school district. Right. But the church hires you. And then in order for them to fire you, it's kind of complicated. The whole congregation has yeah. to vote. Yeah, and they all have to get rid. So usually pastors aren't fired as much as they resign. Yeah, like when just... it becomes clear, hey, we don't want you here anymore. Because if, even if half the church wants you gone, but slightly more than half the church wants you to stay, you shouldn't stay there. Yeah, That's right. a really bad get situation. Out. So yeah. it doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, usually pastors will leave. Uh, if things are starting to get rough, they'll leave. Or if they just feel called somewhere else, like, that is more likely to happen. Is yeah. that they just discern, hey, I had a season here, I did what I can, but I I feel like God's leading me somewhere else. Yeah, which is a normal thing, and that that's most transitions in churches happen that way. The Methodists have a bishop that just tells the pastors where they're going. Yeah, um, kind of similar to the Catholic Church. Yeah, where they just you're assigned. It's like the army. But I, I I've come you're to stationed. know there's like a moving day. It's yeah. in like July yeah. when there's nothing when going moves. on in the calendar. Yeah. Um, so like on July, if you're if you're friends with any Methodist pastors, it, uh, uh, there will be one day that everybody just says, "Hey, I'm in a new job." Yeah. And it's like all together <laughs> yeah. at the same time, like, but it just all happens. Yeah. It's like, like it's like fruit basket mix up. Yeah. They all Everybody's just get up and move <laughs> to a different seat. That's weird. And That's it's weird. not everybody at the same time, but they. So your your appointment usually is uh, not. They try to not make them shorter than four years. Right. And they tend to not be longer than like 10 years. Yeah. Even that's a bit of a stretch. They're extenuating circumstances. If you have kids in high school, sometimes they're sensitive to stuff like that. But you rarely find a pastor, a Methodist pastor, who's been in a place no. longer than 10 years. I couldn't live like that. Yeah. I really oh, could. Oh, it's really rough. Whereas Presbyterian pastors, you will routinely, um, less so than you used to, but you'll routinely find pastors who've been in a church for 20 years. Yep. Uh, some people have been like 30, 35 years. Yep. Um, again, fewer than you used to see that, but it's still a lot of times, and, and the churches will often expect that. Like, yeah, we're calling you to be our pastor until you yeah. die. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. You you are retiring from here yeah. at the age yeah. of 30. Especially as a, as a head of staff. Yep. Like that, to be an associate pastor is oftentimes, uh, the uh, average works, of an associate, I think is 18 months. Yeah. Like it's really, really short, which means, and I think in reality, most of the people I know are, it's about four years. And so for the average to be 18 months, they get all the people that are just flaming out in that first yeah, month. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, what is it that, why are you on time? To I, flip that, like why has that, what started that? Did you grow up that way? Like what, what instilled that in you? I, um, so my, like I said, my middle school band director had a saying, he would, he would repeat it to us three or four times before a concert. Um, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late and to be late is unacceptable. Um, I, I don't like that. <laughs> well, it's, not just because of me, because like to be on time is not to be in late. Like that's, I understand the principle. Right. His point, you know, he didn't want somebody walking in Absolutely. at seven o'clock yeah. for a seven o'clock his, concert. His, his intention is good. Right. It's a, it's a very like for, for folks. Cause not everybody has the luxury, especially as a kid. Yeah. Of being. Well, yeah, you're solely dependent on your ride and things like that. For me, a, that's just kind of drilled into me and I have some like PTSD about worrying about being late to the band concert. So like the problems of being late no one's ever the problems that come with being early are all felt by me and nobody else mm. uh so like if i get someplace early and there's nothing to do and i'm sitting around being bored or if i'm the first one at the party and it's awkward and it's weird that's all on me um and no one ever 
complains if you're early, right? Like it, it very rarely anyway. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's more, I want to take the burden on myself in that scenario. Was your family um, that way? Uh, to a large extent. My yeah. dad's pretty punctual. Yeah. He's pretty on time. Yeah. Um, are, are people in your family, like is your sister on time too? Like, did you have to wait for people? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so you kind of all, it, it all yeah, if you asked, rolled pretty pick well. me up at seven. Yeah. You could expect but if my it was dad like families going to this family dinner, it wasn't like ah, so and so is in the bathroom again. Like no, like no, everybody pretty nice, pretty well like clockwork. Yeah, yeah, that really helps. It does when your life uh, facilitates punctuality. Yeah, uh, when your life doesn't, oh, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky thing to try to change that. It's not that uh, I'm working against my life or things like that. Like that that it's everyone else's fault that I'm late. But it is hard to change habits. It's like if your if your family is uh, has a regimented. We have meatloaf on Mondays and we have chicken on Tuesdays. If you try to go vegetarian in the midst of that, you can do it. But there's going to be you're, yeah blowback. Yeah, um, and not even even if the family's supportive, it's still hard to change you have to change your system yeah. outside of the system that you're in. Well, that's um, some of it. You know, I was thinking about you know one of the things that makes me the most late now is having the the kids. Yeah. Um, because getting two toddler boys out the door on time, yeah, never gonna happen. Oh yeah, and they don't know. Uh, no, they have no idea. Yeah. And part of it is to that point, like the routine is constantly changing. The yeah. routine of getting the boys out the door when they were one was vastly different from now that they're almost four. Yeah, which will be even more different when they're teenagers. And getting them out when they're one—that's essentially on you. Yeah, unless they like have a like huge blowout diaper or they throw up. Right. Like right when you're about to leave. Like it's pretty much their objects that you manage because yeah. they're, you have them strapped into a seat. Once they become three and four, you're still managing them, but they have, they, they can have all of a sudden throw will, will that you can't strap opinions. them into it. Yeah. 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 Wills and opinions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, so the interesting thing to me about being late is kind of something that you touched on, which I always struggle with is that um, being early is really empathizing with the other mm-hmm. so it's recognizing that i am coming to this meeting i am coming to this whatever that someone else is involved in yep and i want to honor their time and honor um what what i want to facilitate this being together yeah. as well as i can which is why i hate being late because i'm sensitive to i don't want other people to have to accommodate me yeah well, and yet what the hard thing is kind of as someone who is often late in spite of myself, um, you get a lot of the kind of um, the older brother from the prodigal mm. situations uh, where there are a few things in life that people are more self-righteous about than being on time. Yeah. Uh, and even people who are not self-righteous in other ways and not judgy in other ways will be very condescending to folks who are not on time. Yeah. And to someone who that's part of your routine, it is hard to recognize how can you so consistently be, especially in my case, I'm consistently five to 10 minutes late. I should just consistently leave five to 10 minutes earlier. Like it's a pretty <laughs> right. easy solution. And that's, I hope it does that. No, oh, no, yeah, this is not a, for me. You're this right. is not a thinly, uh, this, uh, it wasn't, this whole thing was a setup for me to, <laughs> to say, <laughs> <"G-J-H-W."> <laughs> no. no, I've never felt that from you to the point that I was actually surprised when you said you're always on time because again, being late, I never noticed that you're on time. Right. I just assumed, yes, this is a problem that we mutually share. No, no it, yeah. yeah. I, and it's, I'll never hold it against somebody. It's been, no. well, again, there's a different kind. There are certain, yeah, there are ways yeah. in which people are late where it's um, clear they have disregard. If you show up late and don't recognize I'm late, I'm sorry, guys. It's one thing if you're always apologizing, that gets a little, right. a little lame. But uh, if you come in and make no acknowledgement of the fact that everyone has been waiting on you, there's I the, that's, the, that's a problem. The telltale problem. I don't think they listen. But I was in a band once, and I routinely had to tell my bandmates like if we needed to leave at six o'clock for something, I would tell them we had to leave at five thirty. Yeah. Because I could just anticipate they would either be late or forget. To the point, I think at five ten minutes, whatever. Yeah. But like when you're a half hour, forty five minutes late. Yeah. Now I'm going to be self-righteous and be like, come on, yeah. you know, or that's I forgot that it's a thing. Or, yeah. Well, and that's one of the most youth minister things that I've realized that like, especially like a mission trip. So a mission trip, you're leaving at like six in the morning or really like seven in the morning. If we were leaving at seven in the morning, I would say the vans are leaving at 630. Yeah. And you frustrate some of the kids that then are there at six. But 
there's always going to be that kid yep. who's rolling at 6:45, and they're going to be like, "I'm so sorry, I overslept and everything." Like, and you don't really tell them. You right. just say, "That's okay." Like, you you you're able to be very benevolent in that situation. Be like, "Oh, it's no problem. We'll still be okay." When secretly, and I will I will I will never tell the kids this, but I would tell the other leaders. They're like, "Are we going to be okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I didn't. Th- I still wasn't planning on leaving for right. another ten minutes." But that's I think that's because if you do tell the kids, then they learn like, "Oh, that 6:30 doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. We're really not leaving until 7. That's where I think it gets bad. Like, if, it, if you're a consistent five to ten minutes late, that doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. that's whatever. We're not changing plans drastically or yeah, anything like yeah, that. Yeah. When I have to change what I'm doing because I assume you will be late, yeah. now it's a problem. Right? Well, and the and ministry where, thing, at least in that example, it's always a different kid. Yeah. Like, it's it's never – if it was the same kid, then, that would, then I would just tell that one kid, hey, we're going to be here. But knowing that you're dealing with parents where you're dealing with situations, especially if you're leaving, like, before sunrise, like, yeah. on a, in a June day, like – there's just a, a built-in buffer that recognizing if I'm taking these 20, 30 kids to this place, one of them is going to forget or like get here and have forgotten their bag or something. Like we're going to have some kind of holdup. So I built in that buffer yeah. there. But if I'm having to make that, if you consistently had to, for me, say, oh, let's meet at one, but then not even plan on being ready until one thirty. Yeah, no. Like that's a different thing altogether. That's a, that's a whole other story, yeah. you know. That's. And so, and, and so, I mean, kind of the long thing of this is that coming from two people, one who, two people who love being on time, one who is able to do it, and the other who is not. Um, <laughs> being too early is not, again, not the same thing as being on time. No. no, I, no. I, I am frequently awkwarded out yeah. in my earliness. Yeah. Um, well, and that, the sense of that, too, is um, recognizing that when we're in community with people, uh, there are always circumstances. There are always reasons why things are late. There's a, there's always life that gets in the way. But if you if life gets in the way every single time, then it's a matter of you not kind of recognizing other people's needs. Even yeah. if that other person is very gracious and, and is not put out by it, it's still something that you shouldn't have to rely on someone being accepting of your issues, of your inability to manage time, uh, to be the the default right that that sometimes your inability to manage time is something that you can manage even if it's i know that i'm not going to be able to this should only take me 10 minutes it's going to take me 40 yeah so i need to give myself 50 minutes to do this and if i get done early i get done early i'm constantly telling my kids because it'll be like okay uh it's time for bed and go get your jammies on brush your teeth and then maybe we can watch a show before then They'll go up and get that whole process of jammies and teeth should take like six minutes, uh-huh. maybe. And then what happens? And 20 minutes later, uh-huh. I'll go upstairs and the two boys are just goofing off in their room, fully not with jammies on in their regular clothes, haven't brushed teeth yet. And they're like, oh, and, or like they're reading a book <laughs> or something like that. Like they're not doing bad stuff. They're right. just goofing off. And so I constantly am telling them like, here's the thing, guys. If you do what you need to do right away, then you can goof off for 20 minutes. Then yep. I would come up here and, and – uh, you could have been goofing off. There's nothing wrong with that. I'd be like, guys, do you want to watch the show? They could be like, oh, yeah, we forgot. And they're ready right now. Instead of, oh, yeah, we forgot. Now we have now to we do have that six-minute yeah, routine. Right. Um, yeah, and from a theological standpoint, I mean, for this to be the theology, I think that that's, uh, there's, there's several uh, passages in the Bible that I'm sure that people can pick out verse by verse to be like, see, be on time. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning because the sun is coming. That's not what God is talking about. Jesus isn't saying like, be punctual. Being prepared and being on time are two different things. Yes, yeah. And that's, I think Jesus, when those passages is mostly talking about be prepared. Yeah. Uh, Don't get caught off guard. Absolutely. Um, And being on time, like the thing about being on time is less about being punctual and more about honoring the people that you're meeting with. Yeah. Like if I'm being on time for something that no one else is related to, really it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Like if I plan to get up and go for a walk at six in the morning because I want to catch the sunset and I miss it, that hurts me. But yeah. it's not worth like like throwing a fit over. Oh man, I'm early constantly. I can't wait to see what book or accessory I have forgotten yeah. for this class. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to bring up, um, which I'm glad I remembered before we were done, is the, the uh, it, there's a room in this presbytery, uh, in this library, uh, the seminary library that is called the Mr. Rogers room, the Fred yes. Rogers room. Yes. Uh, because Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers went to seminary here. Yeah. Uh, he He's was one a of our Presbyterian pastor. One of our favorite things is Presbyterians to say, uh, cause it's true. 
So Fred Rogers uh, ordained to be a Presbyterian pastor, and his his ordination was to do the show, yep. to do Miss Rogers' Neighborhood. He never served a congregation, but he did serve a congregation. It was everybody who watched it. It was you. So if you ever watch that show, you have gone to Mr. Rogers' church. He talked yeah. about Jesus every single episode without ever saying Jesus. So true. But one of the things that Mr. Rogers did so well was presence. Yeah. And so in the theology being late or the theology being on time, like one of the things that we've kind of danced around in all of this is that in hurrying up to be early or speeding up to try to not be as late because you're behind what you can miss in both of those things oh. is being present yes that we are either i'm i'm either trying to catch up to what i've missed or trying to get ahead of what uh, is coming and i'm not being present where i am i very much had this this morning i'm glad you brought this up too because yeah. i had this this morning as i was getting up to leave i had to do a quick car appointment before i came down here yeah uh, and I slept in, and so I'm a little late, and I'm a little hairy. I'm a little late to be early. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm a little hairy, I'm running, and I'm rushing. And my boys have the Magna tiles. Have you ever played with these? Yeah, they're pretty great. They're so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, like, the backpack on and the coat on. I was about to walk out the door, and Julian said, can we build a house? Oh, nice. And I was like, yes. Nice. So put the backpack down. Yeah. Put the coat, like, just take a minute. Yeah. And be present to this kid that, just wants to spend time with me. Yeah. Um, like, I think if you if you are missing that, again, on either side of the spectrum, the being late or the being early. Absolutely. You reevaluate. Well, and that's, that's what one of the things you, so you watch the Mr. Rogers show and it takes, it's it's disarming. And they're on Amazon Prime. So you can, if you have Amazon Prime, watch them. If you don't, just go on YouTube. You can search, just say Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. You can find a couple episodes. Yeah. And the speed of them is really disarming in a way that is jarring at first. Yeah. He goes so slow, but not in a boring way. And not in a way that's like a turtle, like, like just hurry up, Miss Rogers. But like he takes his time yep. on a show, even at the time that was out of place, like he will set up blocks. You'll watch him just do this. There are times where he doesn't talk. Like when he feeds the fish, he sometimes will talk to the fish, but he'll go over and get the fish food. He'll put it in there. He'll look at them. He'll look at you. He'll look at them. He'll look yeah. at you. Uh, almost always when he plays with toys or something, he makes a point to actually clean up the toys. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't, he'll just say, I'll clean that up later. Yeah. Like to remind you, this stuff needs cleaned up. I'm still doing that. Yeah. And, uh, and by the by, I, yeah, by the by, I can't imagine that he would let a crew member or something like that do. Like, I think he would oh, probably actually, 100%. he actually did clean, clean up, up yeah, the toys. He had to. And, and that there's something about the space. So when they did Twitch, uh, which is this online, uh, it's like a streaming, uh, you can watch people play video games and stuff. It's really, it's a, a channel again, uh, either you know what it is or you don't, but it's just a streaming thing that like you watch people play video games. Um, they two years in a row did a Mister Rogers Neighborhood Marathon, mm -hmm. where they showed every and it was weird that like why is Twitch doing this? But it's yeah, just, they did, and they showed every single episode of Mister Rogers Neighborhood, and there's um, there's hundreds of them, so it took thirteen days, wow. and they just played them end to end. Yeah, didn't edit them like it was just and it was just on a loop, and um, it was amazing. And it for those 13 days, and it was two years in a row, I was really disappointed they didn't do it this year. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, and I hope they do it again at some point, because I, I would just put it on like while I was working, and it's the perfect thing to have on, because you can still do work, um, but you every once in a while kind of look down and you see um, the tone of what's happening, kind of the, the pace that he's going is deliberate. Yeah. It's not slow. Right. It's deliberate. It's present. And he's present in everything he's doing. And one of the things when he's talking to kids which he's not doing anything that any of us can't do. He is listening to them yeah. instead of trying to tell them what they're, and a lot of times we do that with kids when they're struggling with something where we try to like, we tell them, Oh, so you want this, right? Yeah. Oh, you mean this? Oh. We'll fill in the blanks yeah. for him. And we'll do that with, with adults, but we especially do that with humans and he never does that. And one of the, like someone will say something and he'll say, Oh, that's a great, what a, what a great way to, to, to see that. Like he, he doesn't, change what they're saying he acknowledges their feeling and kind of rewards that right and that sense of presence is something that if we're constantly pushing ourselves to be on time or pushing ourselves to catch up that we can miss yeah. um and so uh, kind of this theology of being late or being on time i think they're both good things you should be yeah. punctual that that because again in terms of community we need to recognize other people we need to um honor those other people 
but even more than just starting something on time, that when we're there, we're present. And yeah. we have constantly, we have phones, we have things that are constantly saying, look at me. We have, and if you have like smart watches and stuff, like there are texts that are coming in and, and saying like, hey, do this. Who are you talking to? Uh, yeah. yeah. And anytime you do that, it pulls your brain out of what's going on. So yeah. the more you can kind of give yourself permission to be present, you can put your phone down. There's really very, very seldom are the things that can't wait 30 minutes. Yeah. Give yourself space to be present with that person. Uh, stop and build a build a house. Build the house. Uh, last night I had work for this class to get done. I didn't. Yeah. I, was, I was late. I, I for being someone who's late a lot, I'm not late with assignments. Right. And yet I have been with this class. Like, uh, and there were things that I could have done last night and gotten in on time, but I had been away for two days. And it's like I said, it's it's both my boys have birthdays this week, and I hadn't seen my daughter either. So we we had gone on a walk. Uh, to the park, my wife had waited for it, for me to get back, and at first I thought I would just say, "Well, I'm just I have some work to get done, so I'm gonna stay here." I didn't went with them, and then even then, um, I stayed up with them and spent like I didn't do any of the work last night. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like eleven o'clock, and I was like, "Okay, now I can do the work." And I thought, "Nope, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to sleep. Like I'm I've already kind of missed it, and I'll just do it in the morning." Yep. And that's the main reason why I was late today. <laughs> uh, so I honored them instead of you. But the, but no, but that's that's how it should be. Yeah. Like if work's getting in the way of the people that matter most to you, yeah, reevaluate. Like and it's so, just not. And, and again, we're kind of speaking out of uh, it. It sounds could sound like we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth because we're saying like, don't try to squeeze everything in, but do squeeze everything in. Yeah. And it's not squeezing things in; it's actually making space. I was gonna say it's prioritizing the right things to squeeze yeah. in. That um, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Oh, I had the mic pointed away the whole time. No, you're like, fine. Wonder why yeah, I was getting so quiet. In the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it's, it's does it make a difference that this paper's late? Not really. I mean, I'll probably get less grade, like a a lesser grade on it, but it's that's not as important as. Um, the time that I spend with my kids yeah. and the time that I spend with my kids, it may seem like, Oh, it's just tonight. I'm busy tomorrow. I'm busy. Like that adds up. With well, kids. even like, you know, grades and stuff like it, and it's probably different, you know, if you're in regular if you're undergrad or, or, yeah. or seminary or doctorate or whatever, if you ace the class, but you're a horrible family member or a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, what did you gain? All of this um, stuff. Yeah. Everything we're learning is just, to be a better person, right? Regardless of what you're studying, what you're like, if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're anything, like learning is helping you to understand the world better and understand each other better. And if you are not using that knowledge to be more present with people yeah. in whatever way, it's, it, then work it out. It's not helping. If you're on the uh, social media machines, yeah. Uh, first of all, the responses to the theology of blowing it on Twitter were some of my favorite. And oh, as yeah. were the mixtapes. Oh, the mixtapes! Keep oh. the mixtapes coming. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Keep keep the social media coming. But we uh, are we are. This is this is fresh off the off the press. This is probably the most up to date recording we've been doing. You should is, put it out on Tuesday, just so it's a little bit late. Oh yeah, this is Tuesday, <laughs> right? No, this, this is, is Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> oh my goodness! And so this will be coming out Monday and or Tuesday. Yeah, probably. Two, I mean, they've been coming out really on Tuesday. I know. Yeah, this will be. Uh, yeah, it'll probably. That's regardless of what our what's in are, It's probably yeah. come out at twelve thirty on Tuesday. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah, our webmaster can't listen to that. Come on, because she always checks on my <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Uh, but if you're on the rough the pastor on Twitter, roughing the pastor on Instagram, are you a typically early person or a typically late person? Yeah. Why? And, and for some of you, we know that you'll answer this question in two months when you catch up to this episode. Yeah. And you will, that'll be your answer. We will like, know. I just listened yeah. to the we late episode, and uh, that's me. Yeah. yeah. So tune in, join the conversation, make a mixtape. Wait, before we go, I do want to, real quickly, yeah. I keep forgetting about this. What do you have to plug? What do I have to what plug? What have you been reading, watching, listening to that you would like to share with us? Oof. Here, uh, I'll go first, because I have Yeah, one. go ahead. I just watched... Uh, we just finished the series. I mean, there's only two seasons, not a done series, but we just watched Barry uh, on HBO. Okay. Oh man, it's Bill Hader, and Jeez. it is it it is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Now it is very violent um, and very um, lots of swears, but it's great. It's a it's about Bill Hader is a hitman, and then somehow through weird circumstances gets uh, goes out to LA like he's from Cleveland, goes out to LA to do a job. And then stumbles into an acting class, yeah, and uh, it kind of feels lost because it's just this person who kills people. And then the acting class is all about kind of finding your inner self and, dudes, and joins his acting class and tries to stop being a hitman and become an actor. And it's so, and it sounds that sounds like a weird concept, and it really is, but it's so great. And even if you don't 
if you you know if you aren't a hitman or an actor, you can relate to this because it is really about like finding your true self and being fake. Like being yes. a hitman is being this kind of secret person, and so much of acting is being fake. And he's trying to really tap into who he really is. It's so great. Yeah. And it's so. There's only two two seasons so far. Each season is eight episodes, and each episode is like 30 to 40 minutes long. So you can breeze through it really quick. Yeah. If you have HBO Go or HBO Now, I highly recommend it. It is it's fantastic. And like one of the best, like it's as good as like Breaking Bad or something like that. Like it's really, really good. Yeah. I highly recommend it. So I, watching wise, you and I have both, uh, I'm way behind the times. I am re-going through 30 Rock. Nice. That show is yeah, yeah. always, yeah. always good. It still holds up. Uh, but this morning on the way in, speaking of listening and keeping your brain going in the morning, I decided I didn't want to listen to news. Yeah. Uh, I was too depressed for that. Yeah. Uh, so I got the Hutchmoot, Hutchmoot Podcast. It's a group of songwriters and uh, creative types that do a, a festival every spell year. That. Spell that for us. H- Wait, uh, 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 you're killing me. H-U-T-C-H-M-O-O-T. So as as it sounds. Yeah, Hutchmoot. Yeah. Uh, so I just pulled this up. I know that some of the songwriters that started this, yeah. and they posted a talk by Leaf Anger called Sailing Full and By. Yeah. And it was one of those just delightful moments. Nice. That I, I just... It was random. It was like nice. you know, essentially like spinning the click wheel on the pod yeah. iPod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I landed on this, and it's great. Like all uh, the whole drive in, I huh? How I long? Is think it? about like it. It's minutes. like forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's short. It's quick, but it's a really good podcast. So that's what I'm plugging today. Awesome. That's a good one. All right. So those are those are our plugs. We're gonna try to do that every week because yeah. I like that. Because we always there's stuff that like we're not gonna get to on the podcast. Right. Just stuff that we're always hey, working on something. You should yeah. do that. And listen to Rachel Jones. Uh, Mixtape. Yeah. Mix, mix you can listen to my mix too. It's it's called uh, the time before later on nine nine one. That's on my thing. There's a link to it on our podcast. But her her mix is even better. Yeah, it's cheese. Uh, uh, Who'd have thought the musicologist would have? Yeah, would, have would really excelled at the, this job. Yeah. And don't let our praise for her mix uh, make you embarrassed to give nope. us the mix. mix all mixes all. are good. I want the them more all. we can get, the better. So please uh, send us your mixes to Rough Passer. Uh, on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, until then, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And we'll see you later. This has been Roughing Roughing the the Pastor. Pastor. Thanks, everybody.